All right, welcome back. It's football season. Uh, Red Triangle Sports here to bring you the Sons of Fantasy Football Week 1 preview. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Um, joining me tonight, the Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. It's great to be here on opening night, Matt. And uh, the owner of Teabag, Shane Stein. Excited to be back, Matt. Excited to be back. Yeah, definitely. Um, guys, with me moving in two weeks, can I still be the Denver Desert Dog? Uh, has to stick. Name has to stick. Right? I can appeal, right? You can, you can appeal. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. You know, you can't just change a name after you win a title. What would you change it to? Mount Penn? Exeter. Oh, is it Exeter? Yeah. Okay. Exeter. Yeah, maybe the Exeter Blue Jays. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just the chat. Exeter Electric Eels. <laughs> now we're going to stick with the Desert the desert Dogs just because you don't change a name after you win a title. And yes, that's my first subtle reminder that I'm your champion from last year. And um, no better place to pick, off, pick up with the Week 1 matchups than uh, with the defending champion. So Week 1... Uh, looking at the games, Kaz and the Desert Dogs against Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. Uh, biggest rivalry in the league, potentially. So and, far. Yeah. <laughs> um, except possibly it could be Stein and the Storm Brothers after they read that uh, <laughs> prediction piece that goes out tonight. So, we'll start off with my team. Question for my team Who is my flex to this week? Who would you guys play if you were me? Uh, for me, I think it's Sanu. We talked about this a little earlier, and I was kind of saying Fuller, but there's some hamstring issues with Fuller. Who knows if he's going to be 100%. That's kind of scary, and a guy you're hoping that really gives you a little boom. We talked in the breakdown of the draft about how you were like a Will Fuller away from being a good team, and for a guy that's a burner, a hamstring in- injury is uh, concerning. I'm not sure how serious it is, but I think for this week, you're better to play safe, even though you're not going to need to. I would go with Sanu. Yeah, I think it's Sanu as well. Um, the fact that they're at home kind of puts it over the top for me. I think uh, they're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit inside. Um, I like Will Fuller with that being said, but a uh, little risky running him out there. I'd like to see him a couple times before uh, I could put him in my lineup. Yeah, I was thinking uh, right as I asked that question that it probably is Sanu. But the question about Will Fuller being questionable Obviously, the uh, designations have changed. Eddie, is there a chance that he would have been probable under the uh, last year's injury rulings now that they've taken away probable from us? Um, I think so. I, th- I think he probably would have been probable. But I still think it's a concern. I, I don't think it's a risk you need to take week one. I, I don't think he's going to be 100% even if he does go, which it sounds like he will. But... I don't think you need to play him at not 100% when you can probably get the same floor out of Sanu, I think. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see what I end up going with on uh, Sunday. Let's look over to Stein's team. How many points will Stein's running back score this week? I'm going to give him a generous 10. <laughs> Either of them fall into the end zone. What's that? Do either of them fall into the end zone? No. No one's getting near the end zone on that roster. Well, this is a tough question because I'm not really sure who my running backs are going to be yet <laughs> this weekend. What are you hoping for from um, 
I'm hoping for ten. Ten was a ten was a, a good number. And, uh, but I, I mean, I'm hoping, obviously, hoping for a little more. But ten is kind of my floor of what I'm, what I'm hoping to get. Um, I think you could expect somewhere around ten points um, with the two guys. I don't know who it's going to be. So it's looking like Spiller is going to be one of them. I, I don't know that Ajay sticks in there, but he might. Um, might throw McKinnon out there. I've actually thought about that. So obviously, we all know that my running back situation is less than ideal right now. But I'm going to say, just because I have to answer the question, give me 13. 13, all right. Well, if you keep... If McKinnon gets out there at 7, at best. If it's, if it's McKinnon and Ajayi, I'll give you 6. Um, I think Spiller gets you close to that 10, but because Jay Ajayi might be outside the top 50 for fantasy running backs... Um, this week, I'll give you eight right now. So, okay. Um, all right, who wins this matchup? The uh, two best teams in the um, far division last year. Who you guys got? One of them's still going to be competitive, and one of them right now isn't. So, it's the desert, desert Dogs, and it's not close. Yeah, we get a little uh, little Super Bowl rematch here in Week One, um, and it's the Desert Dogs, and it's not close. Desert Dogs, and it's not close. Three in a row. I am sure to lose this week. <laughs> Hopefully I at least score more points than I scored in week one last week, which um, I think was between 50 and 65, somewhere around there. All right, let's go over to the second matchup of the week. This is Abusement Park, probably the preseason favorite in the Favre division, uh, going up against the Fleetwood franchise, who um, signed thinks will be the basement of the far division. Let's start off with Sherry's team. Is Matt Jones trustworthy? No. He's not trustworthy. Not not week one going into things with, with coming off the shoulder. Um, I don't know what is I don't know what he's gonna give you. I, I wouldn't even have him in as the flex with this roster he's got. I'd lean more on James White. I think he's gonna catch a lot of balls. For Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd, I'd go Travis Benjamin because um, I think that they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in San Diego again. I would not have Matt Jones in there. I would not trust him. I do like having Matt Jones buried on your bench, though, because it, he's a guy that is intriguing that could become something. But for week one, I wouldn't be trusting the guy. Oh, hold on. There he is. Peyton Manning walking out in the field with the Super Bowl 50 championship. Good stuff. All right, continue. Makes me sick to my stomach. Um, <laughs> I think he's trustworthy as far as a flex play in this league. I don't know that he's even an option I would consider if I'm sure his team in the flex spot with all the good players I feel like he has on his bench. Um, I thought he would throw either Benjamin or Funchess maybe even out there. Um, kind of like a lot of the guy options that he has over uh, over Matt Jones. I think... Matt Jones is a flex play, I think, in a 12-team league, uh, especially in the format we have with the double flex. But I don't know that he's the best option this week for for Abusement Park. Um, I don't think Matt Jones is trustworthy. I don't think he has this job after week five. Um, I would definitely go the James White or Travis Benjamin route if I was sure. Um, but we'll see. Sure, dealing with you know a Gronk injury, maybe he's not going to play this week. J.J. Uh, Watt might not play for Houston. So, um, it could be tough, tough sledding here for the park. 
move over to Fleetwood franchise. Who is the better week out of his uh, two top receivers? DeAndre Hopkins at home against Chicago or Brandon Cooks, whose quarterback Drew Brees will be at home uh, against the Raiders? I don't even know why this is a question. If Drew Brees is at home in the Dome, it's not prime time, but he is at home in the Dome and he can throw in the Dome from what I've heard. Um, I'm down on Hopkins big this year. I think this is one of the, probably the weaker games. I think Chicago's a bad football team, but I'm going to go Cooks here. The reason is I think that Houston might be beating Chicago so bad that they don't need Hopkins. I think New Orleans, Oakland has the potential to be a little bit of a shootout uh, with the offenses going back and forth against some questionable defenses. I think Oakland's got a good pass rush. I don't, I'm not sold on the secondary, so I think – Cooks is going to be needed a lot more than Hopkins, so I think Cooks. I'm going to surprise you guys here. I'm going to go Hopkins. Um, I hear everything you're saying, Ed. Definitely like Drew Brees in the Dome. But uh, I think uh, Chicago is just a really bad team. I think Hopkins is going to be able to eat, eat that secondary up. So I expect 100 and a score at least from Hopkins. Yeah, I'll take Hopkins too. I uh, love Cooks. But I feel like there's some mouths to feed in that New Orleans offense. And... Um, I just think Osweiler, in his first game as the Texans quarterback, the times when he does drop back to throw, he's going to be keyed in pretty heavy on DeAndre Hopkins. And like you said, Shane, the biggest piece of that is that the Bears are going to be a dumpster fire this year. Uh, really bad, really bad ball club. Um, so, yeah, I will agree with you and take DeAndre Hopkins. All right, who wins this one? Sure versus Storms, Park versus Franchise. I'm going to go with Schur in the Abusement Park. I think this is going to be a close contest, though. I feel like uh, the Abusement Park obviously has the advantage at running back uh, with David Johnson. And I think Jennings could have a good week out the gate here. I think they're going to try and feed him early and see if he can continue what he did last year. I think the receiving battle's close, but uh, the quarterback and running back edge has to go to the Abusement Park, so I lead his way in a close matchup. I'm going to go Abusement Park in the closest matchup of the week. I think it's going to be a real nail-biter. Uh, I'm going to take the franchise. Love Storms this week. Um, love both the matchups for his receivers. Obviously, I am the biggest Tyron Taylor fan on this podcast, and that's not close. Um, <laughs> I think that the Chargers will be behind all game, so I think Woodhead gets some catches. Uh, you know, I'm not, not totally in love with Theo Reddick at Flex 2. But, again, Detroit should be slinging the ball um, in that game. So, I like the franchise. And, you know, Gronk, questionable. That's a big, big, uh, big hit for the park. So, I'll take Storms to win the first of his two games that Stein gave him in the, the prediction piece. <laughs> All right, third game in the far division. Let's go with Phil Bruce and the Seawolves against uh, Spears and Team Shits Ice Cream. Start off with Phil Bruce. Stat line prediction for Andy Dalton. What does the Red Rifle have in store for us this weekend against the Jets? I feel like this is one of the tougher questions because I feel like this could go either way. The Jets' defense is pretty solid. I feel like they're going to be pretty good stopping the run, so they're going to need Dalton. Um, him not having a number two and uh, scares me. I think that he's going to have to carry him, though. So I'll go 250 and two touchdowns. 
I'm going to be a little more conservative on the yardage. I think it's going to be more around 200. Um, I will give him the two scores and a pick, though. I'm going to give him 240. One yard rushing, too. I forgot that. How many? 20. 20, wow. I'm going to give him 243, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, you like Dalton this week? I do. I like Cincinnati this year. Um, I like Dalton. I think they're going to win the AFC North. Love the Bengals. Uh, they were a hurt thumb away from... Um, I think being one of the best teams in the AFC last year. So I like the Bengals. Um, and like Eddie said, I don't think they'll be able to run on the Jets. So with that being said, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I'm expecting big things out of uh, A.J. Green this year as well. So I'm looking forward to a nice game. For Notice them. how Kaz started the let's everyone jump off the A.J. Green bandwagon last year so he could hop on this year. Did I start that? Are we sure I started that? I'm positive you started that last year. Everyone's like, oh, everyone get off the AJ Green bandwagon. Uh, in 2016, I'll hop right back on. He's really good. I was thinking about getting one of his jerseys. Um, <laughs> all right, Spears, Michael Floyd or Jordan Matthews? Who would you guys start out of those two players? Looks like Spears uh, changed it today and has Michael Floyd in there. So he is aware that um, the fantasy season has started, so that's good. That is a good start for him. Um, I don't love either guy um, season long. I think until you see what the Eagles offense looks like with Wentz, you got to go with Floyd. I, I think it comes down to – I think it's close between the two of them. I, think, I feel like Floyd's a big play guy. I feel like he could have some of those John Brown weeks because I feel like it's got to be either one or the other. Those guys are going to alternate big weeks and bad weeks. Um but when it's close, I like to lean towards the more potent offense and which one's, you know, got the better weapons. And for me, that's Arizona, and it's not close. So I would rather have pieces of Floyd than Matthews. Yeah, I think it's Floyd here. Um, Arizona's a much better team. Uh, i got to believe that the Patriots are not going to let Larry Fitzgerald get loose. Um, I think they're going to try to shut down Fitzgerald and Brown a little more and David Johnson. I think Floyd could be the beneficiary there and uh, get a few extra touches. I would go Floyd as well. Um, my main reason is just I think that the team is better in Arizona. And like you said, I'd rather have a little better, little piece of a better team in Arizona than what I think Philly's going to be. My questions surrounding the Philly passing game, you know, sometimes obviously Carson Wentz just became the starter last week. Um, Usually when you see a guy that's worked with the second team or third team come in as the starter, they tend to throw to a guy that they've had that relationship with, um, you know, working together on the second team. Is there a guy in Philly that maybe now gets a boost because of Wentz? Is this now Nelson Aguilar time? <laughs> Boy, I have to look at their depth chart. Is it Aguilar or Huff? I don't even know who's... Who's higher on their depth chart right now? Is it Green Beckham? I don't, I don't believe in him at all. I, I, they did show in the preseason though that he's going to be their red zone guy. They're going to throw fades to him and stuff. I feel like if you hit on the right weeks, you're going to get some touchdown production out of him. I think because he certainly can go get it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't love it. I feel like they have too many slot receivers on that team, and they're forcing Matthews to play out wide. And I don't know if he can handle that more of a slot guy, but they want to use Huff in the slot, so it's a jumbled mess in Philly, I think. 
Yeah, I don't want any shares of the Eagles passing game. Uh, I think Wentz is going to be really bad. Um, a lot of growing pains, especially early on. Um, I really just don't want anyone in that offense as far as as far as the passing game for sure. Sproles might be the best piece of that passing offense, actually. You know, there's some safety in him at least. Um, all right, who wins this one? Seawolves versus Ice Cream. I am going to go with Spears. I think this one's going to be close as well. Um, I think he kind of he needs to get something out of Elliott. Um, concerned about Jordy Nelson. Um, it's interesting that we get Nelson versus Cobb here to see which one's going to get out the gates quicker. But I like Spears' team more all around. Um, I don't like the matchup for Jeremy Hill. I don't love the matchup tonight for C.J. Anderson, so some matchup questions for, for Phil in week one. Well, Spears has a quick 20 to nothing advantage over Phil right now, so I'm going to go with Spears. Yeah, Spears <laughs> has got the 20 points for the Broncos game starting as his defense. Um, I'm also going to take Spears uh, just because I like his players better, and Phil keeps making embarrassing trade offers, so... Um, I'll take Spears and Ice Cream. Alright, let's move over to the LA division. Start off with the Perky Omen Power versus the Hammer. Uh, Butler looking to get off to the hot start that he got last year. We'll start off with Gallon's team, though. Um, two questions for him Geo or Duke? This one's uh, a tough one, too, I think. you got two similar guys. I like this question. Um, Thanks. I, I think I th- I, this is a good one. Uh, but I, I think Gio's going to be involved because I said I don't think Cincinnati's going to be able to run the ball that well. Even though I like Hill this year, I think he's looked good. I don't think they're going to get it done on the ground. I think they're going to have to use Gio in that pass game. Um, but I think the same can be said about uh, Cleveland. And, and uh, Duke because Crowell is not going to give them anything on the ground. I think if there's one thing that Philadelphia can do is stop the run. they got a pretty good front uh, front down lineman guys so I think it's going to be tough for them to run the ball and I think that the difference in, in me picking Duke is just Hugh Jackson being in Cleveland. I think he knows how to use a guy like Giovanni Bernard. He has that in Duke Johnson and I think that Duke could have a pretty nice role fitting into what he had with Gio Bernard. Yeah, I think it's Duke Johnson here. Uh, I'm the big Duke Johnson basher here, but uh, I think it's him. I think Cleveland's going to win the game, and I think Duke Johnson's going to have a big part of it. I'll go Geo here, too. Or I don't even know who you said, Eddie. Duke. You said Duke. All right, I'll go Geo. Um, I like, like I said, I like Cincinnati. I think Geo um, is a big part of what they're trying to do offensively. Eifert out. Some unsure um, receivers with LaFell, and they don't really know what Tyler Boyd is. So I think Dalton's going to lean on what he knows, and he knows Green Hill and Geo. So um, I like Geo Bernard in this one. I think Cleveland probably wins this game big on Sunday, and if they do, I think it'll be Isaiah Crowell closing it out for him on the ground. So uh, I like Geo Bernard. Second part for Jeremy. Um, Tyler Lockett or Michael Crabtree? Uh, for me, I think it's Crabtree. Until, until New Orleans shows that that secondary is better, 
and they've got things shirt up there. I think you got to continue to pick on them early. Um, I think Seattle's going to be up handedly in this one. I think they're going to use this game as an opportunity to see if it's going to be Michael or Rawls that's going to be toting the rock for them the most. I think they're going to try and sort that out here as they're, they're winning this game pretty handedly. Crabtree. Crabtree. Saints are terrible on defense. <laughs> it's going to be Crabtree. Uh, I'll take Tyler Lockett. He's on the no, no doubt. I'm the only one in the world that respects him on this podcast at least. Um, dude's really good. And I think that there's a chance that he is a top three receiver in the NFC West this year in fantasy football. What so was that? I think Tyler Lockett might be a top three receiver in the NFC West this year. Okay, I thought you said NFL. <laughs> no. I was like, whoa. <clears throat> um, I like Lockett a lot, so no secret there. Jeremy trying to trade him. Let's go. Let's get something done. Um, Butler's question. How much does his tight end flex one and two combo score in total? And right now those guys are Jason Witten, Shane Vereen, and Pierre Garcon. A lot of talent there. Eleven. <laughs> Five, three, and three. I'll go fourteen. And Witten leads the pack. Um I'll go twelve and a half. I'll go right in the middle. Of you guys. Uh, these guys suck. Garcon's terrible. Um, <laughs> Shane Green. I don't even know if that's still a thing. Um, I don't know. This is it. That's a bad, bad bottom half of the roster. Eagles defense. Are they good? They're, they're going to get the run, but they're not good at all in total. Like, how's he not picking up Cincinnati? Right now. I do not know. Alright, whatever. Butler's doing his Butler stuff, so. Alright, next. Oh, sorry, who wins? Do we care? Who wins? <laughs> do we need to say it after we just predicted it? Power. Three of his guys okay. score between 11 and 14. Power wins and it's not close. Yeah, we're all there. Hammer wins and it's close. <laughs> Alright, Stein is on the hammer. Good luck walking tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next game Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum Against the preseason favorite Cooper Klux Klan and Anthony Fegley um, Question for Eddie Who does he start This week Thomas Rawls, Charles Sims Or Amir Abdullah I don't know this is, this is your question, Ed. And Eddie wanted me to ask this because he wants us to tell him who to play. Uh, I think I kind of like Amir Abdullah. Ugh. Uh, I know. Um, question marks with Rawls are concerning. Um, I'm going to go with Abdullah over Sims. I, th- I think that game could be a shootout, Detroit, Indianapolis. So I'm going to go with Abdullah. I'll go Sims. Um, I feel like every year Tampa Bay is my sneaky wild card pick in the NFC and it, that holds true this year so I like Sims to be heavily involved in what I think is one of the better offenses in the NFC so I like Sims yeah we'll see what I do 
Good insight, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> How's it feel? Uh, I think Paz said the same thing about his flex, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I said I would play Sunil. I thought you said it was... Uh, well, I, I'm leaning Abdullah right now. That's why I have him in. But uh, we'll see. I, the, the part that scares me off of Sims a little bit is that I have Jackson in my flex. Not that I'm against putting two guys out there on the same team. I guess I'm doing that with Marvin Jones and Amir Abdullah, but I feel like that's that's the RB1 I'm looking for. You know, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm looking for the rushing yards out of Abdullah. I feel like I'm going to be hoping for targets out of Sims. I'd rather hope for them out of Jackson. We'll uh, see, though. Are you at a point right now where you regret keeping Thomas Rawls? Uh, I'm close. I'm really close. I was so close to getting myself off of keeping Rawls, going and getting towards the draft, and then all the good news was breaking about how he was ready for week one, and he was going to be there one, and I started to feel good about it, and then I felt like a couple days after I kept him at the draft, the bad news started to come again with, you know, all the Michael news and and things like that. I, I wouldn't say I regret keeping him. I think I regret not handcuffing Michael. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you had to keep Rawls at that price tag. I don't think yeah. your roster was littered with keepers. So, um, you know, maybe you could have thrown something at the wall with Josh Gordon, but I think trading him and getting something for him was the right move because I don't think you would have gotten anything for Rawls. So, um, I think you did the right thing. You shouldn't regret it. But if you want to trade him to me for pennies on the dollar, um, I'm here. So, <laughs> uh, question for Fegley's team. Will he have the high score in week one? Currently, I think he's projected to have the high score. So, um, I'm going to say no. Because I don't like his receivers. I think Marvin Jones outplays Golden Tate. I'm way higher on Jones than Tate. I own Jones on every team I have. Um, who knows what you're going to get on Forte especially against Cincinnati's defense. Um, yeah, I think the luck, I think the luck Moncrief combination is going to be good for him. I think DeMarco Murray is going to be good. But I think someone's going to outscore him. I don't know who. I'm going to say no as well. Um, I don't really love all of his matchups. Uh, doubling up with Baldwin and Graham. There's only so much that can go, go your way there. Is Jimmy Gurren going to play this week? Is Not even sure. Um so until uh, I'd like to see a little more, I don't think he has the high score. I don't know, but I think it was the last podcast we did after we recapped the draft. I tried to hit on how he kind of missed with his tight ends, and everyone told me it wasn't a big deal. But now Safarian Jenkins is, I believe, second on the depth chart. We still don't know what Jimmy Graham is, if he's going to be out there, and what he's going to look like. So I, I really think he, he missed on it. And I don't know if we, I don't know what's on the waiver wire, though. Fedley, streaming candidate for you, Jesse James. Pick him up playing this week. Um, I don't think Fegley has an high score either this week just because things don't usually work out that way. So I'll take the field in that question. <laughs> Seems to be a good bet usually. So, Right. Who wins? Uh, uh, I'll go with Fegley. The curtain. That's close. Um, I'll take Fegley too just because I can't realistically make my week one power rankings leader lose. So, um, I'll take Fegley. See what I did there, Ed? I got you. Yeah, I like it. 
fading all year. Um, <laughs> all right, next matchup, St. Louis Patriots versus the Bull Weevils. Um, start off with Papa Kaz's team. Which of his tight ends has a better week? And can the grizzled vet survive starting two tight ends every week? I think for this week it's Kelsey. I think San Diego is still going to be a bad defense. Um, Tennessee really wants to run the ball. I think they're going to do that kind of successfully against Minnesota. I think they're going to have a ball, the ball a ton in this game. So I think Balker's going to get a nice share of targets off play action and things like that. But I'm going to go with Kelsey because I think he's going to be more highly involved. Um, can he survive with these two all year? I'm going to say yes. Reluctantly, because I'm still down on Kelsey. The guy caught three touchdowns last year. Two of them were in Week One. We all we all love his talent. Every year, everyone wants to throw him up in the top three, the top five, the tight end. And every year, it seems like he's underutilized. Um, but I'm gonna say yes, because if you look around the league at some of the flex twos that are being put out there, I think I think that uh, Delaney Walker, or Kelsey, whichever one you would say is his flex, I think can definitely compete with some of the flex twos that are out there in the league. Um, this week I'll take Kelsey. Um, I, I like obviously I like the Minnesota defense, or I wouldn't have uh, paid up in the draft for them. I think they're real solid. Um, I, I just think San Diego is really bad, so I'll take Kelsey over Walker. Um, he can survive, but I don't think that he's gonna want to end up playing both of these guys every week this year. Um, at some point I gotta figure he's gonna try to move one of them if he can. Um, I'm sure he's gonna be looking to. To do that probably sooner than later. Um, he's a guy that's always looking to deal. Uh, I gotta, I gotta figure that one of those guys leaves town. I'll take Delaney Walker this week just because I don't like any of the other targets for Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Um, I think Walker's the clear number one guy there in Tennessee. So I think that you know, just on that line, share of targets alone, I'll take Walker over Kelsey. And I think he probably can survive. This is probably the end of the tight end tier with Kelsey and Walker that of guys that could be started as flexes in this league. Eddie, you touched on the fact that Kelsey only had three touchdowns last year. That's bound to go up, I think. Um, he's a talented player, and I think with the question mark at running back for the Chiefs, uh, I think he's a guy that could uh, see a boost. So I don't know if you have an opinion on that, but I just feel like Kelsey's talent level calls for more than three touchdowns in that offense. I'm with you, but I just feel like we've been saying that for two or three years in a row now. I think that Kelsey's more of a, a better target when they're they're in the open field, I feel like. Um, he's, he's not the best red zone target. Um, he's more of a guy that, that's good in the middle of the field where he can get into some open space. Um, do some stuff after the catch. Um, so I don't know if the touchdowns get bumped that much, but you got to figure it's going to be more than three. I was going to um, say five or six. Yeah, so. I'm not going to go crazy and say eight to ten, but, yeah. I mean, obviously three three is a pretty low total. I feel like he's a big dude, but when I watch him on TV, he's one of those players that looks like he's five six. Yeah, he doesn't look too tall. <laughs> I, don't know, I actually don't know his height offhand, but it doesn't seem like he's the tallest guy. Um, I'll look that up right now. Travis Kelsey. He is six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds. Good he's for a, us. He's a monster. Good for us. So I said five six. If you just reverse those numbers, <laughs> um, 
you get him to six five. The so. thing is, I feel he doesn't play like that though. He's not like a jump ball guy. No, um, he's he's one of those like he's an athlete. He he he's probably the closest thing athleticism wise that we have to Gronk at tight end. I could buy that. So, hence the baby Gronk nickname that he has. All right, let's move over to the last team, Bull Weevils. Um, is Derrick Henry? You gotta be kidding me. This place sucks when we see it. Um, is Derrick Henry start worthy in our league? Now, currently, he doesn't have Henry, and he changed it. Um, he got Tavon Austin in there. So, is Derrick Henry or Tavon Austin start worthy in this league? not start worthy right now um, looked great in the preseason a lot of hype about him I think they're going to run the ball like I said I just want to see what his role is first um, he's obviously not their pass catcher that's going to be Murray um, so I think he could become start worthy once we see what his role is see how many touches he's going to get um, I think Tavon Austin is start worthy I think he's their He's their guy. They're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. They didn't pay him to not get the ball. So I, I think I, I think Tavon Austin, I'm going to try to change my opinion about him this year and say that he is, especially this week against a, a god-awful San Francisco team. So Tavon Austin's the guy that, because we watched Hard Knocks, gets the hype this year in the preseason. I think yes. I think <laughs> that there are going to be people that like him because of Hard Knocks, but... Um, I think I like him less because of Hard Knocks. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tavon Austin is not. Um, I, I'm obviously a huge hater on Tavon Austin. I I just don't like what he brings to the table. I mean, there's too many weeks where he's scoring under five points, I feel like, for me to want to run him out there. Um, obviously, that is a bold statement for a guy like me to make, the guys that I'm running out there right now. But... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just don't like him. If I'm playing in a FanDuel weekly league, maybe you take a chance on him in a tournament kind of play. They hit a big week, but week to week, uh, I just don't like him. Derrick Henry, I, I think he is start worthy. I think he's flex worthy right now. Um, I, I got to figure he's going to get a decent amount of touches. Uh, I, I don't know that Demarco Murray is going to be the guy that they're going to rely on to just feed the ball. 25 times a game. I, I think Henry's going to get his share of touches, so I think that makes flex worthy. Especially in a double flex league. I think Derrick Henry will be start worthy, but is not right now. And I think Tavon Austin is not start worthy. But with that being said, there will be at least two weeks this year that Tavon Austin is a top five wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I'm in on, I'm in on that. He just seems that two, two times a year he puts up a 30-plus point game. Yeah, he'll score two touchdowns. He'll run a kickback or something. Yeah. He'll he'll go off for a big reverse, something yeah. like that. But I just I don't know. I'm almost not excited about Gurley at this point this year because the Rams are dismal. I think it's gonna be a long season in LA. Uh, I know they're excited about the move out there, but I just don't see them being a very good team. All right, let's go. Uh, all right, so who wins this one? The Patriots. I'm also going to go with the Patriots. We'll make it a clean sweep. Papa Kaz gets the week one win. All right. Um, before we get into our bold predictions, let's just do a couple predictions. 
Who do you guys got um, in the Super Bowl this year? In our Super Bowl or the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. Uh, good gracious. I think the NFC is going to be tough to predict. I think that that's definitely the better conference right now. Um, I think I could see Arizona getting out of it. I could see the Panthers coming back again. I'm going to go with the hometown pick of the Steelers. I'll go Steelers-Cardinals. Same prediction as Jeremy. I'll go no surprise here. Uh, Patriots in the AFC, they're the best team. Um, and in the NFC, man, I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, I'll take Packers-Patriots. Packers was the team I was going to pick if I didn't pick Seattle. I think it's going to be them too. Yeah. Um, seen a lot of trendy Chiefs Super Bowl picks. Nope. Why? Just offense is too limited. Too limited to, to win in the playoffs. I thought you were going to say because any time you smite Tom Brady. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. It's just the, the Chiefs offense is too limited for them to beat the, the good teams in the playoffs. They have to play a team like Pittsburgh or New England in, in in the playoffs, they're just not going to be able to score enough points with them, I feel like. Uh, to be, they're a good team. The defense is obviously great. Uh, they're well coached. They, pl- they play well, but they just can't score enough points to stay with those teams. All right. We, uh, we ready to do our first series of bold predictions? Yeah. Ed, you got a two-for-one special for us, or are you saving for last? I'll save them for last, right. like always. Go ahead. You're up first. Give us the first one. Well, the first one I had written down was for my, my league prediction here. And I had Shane at less than 70 because I really thought Calvin Benjamin on the snap count was going to stink tonight, but he's already got a touchdown. I'm going to change this one. I'm going to say Stein and Butler combined for less than 150. Wow. That is very bold. That is very bold. Um, I'm not in on, with, in on that with you, Ed. I think Butler's actually going to have a pretty good week. Um, I might do my part, but <laughs> I think Butler's going to carry us past 150. Um, I, I did zero preparation for the bull predictions portion of this segment of uh, this podcast, but I'm going to go with the Team Shits Ice Cream. Puts up the high score this week. Nice. Is that that bold? I mean, considering they were second to last place last year, I mean... It's a new year, man. I know, but hey. Give them a chance. I said, I, if everyone reads their predictions piece that came out, I said if they're willing to spend fab money this year, they'll be a contender. All right, my uh, quarterback bold prediction. You guys know I like to do a quarterback, running back, wide receiver prediction. Um, Bob Griffin, top 10 quarterback this week. <laughs> BG3 uh, <laughs> BG3 top 10 quarterback this week that's awful Bobby Griffin my, my second prediction was I had him top 5 <laughs> <laughs> we really gotta have production meetings this happens every shot we talked for about a half hour before we did this thing and we couldn't even are you guys telling me I should go out and pick up RG3 or sorry BG3 <laughs> Uh, yes. All right, so I'll give you a two for one then. 
Bob Griffin and Brock Osweiler, both top ten quarterbacks this week, both on free agency right now. Wow, you guys like to live dangerously. And Tyrod might be number one this week. All right, Ed, bold prediction number two. Well, that was mine, RG3 top five. Oh, yeah, that's right. Stein, you're on the hook again. Wow, this is brutal. Um, I'm going to go with... You're gonna, I'm going to have to pass. Uh, I, this is why you, you come prepared to the show. All right. Um, <clears throat> we'll stick with the uh, same game. Darren Sproles, top 10 running back this week. Yowza. I think there's a ton of looks for him. Uh, I think they're going to do a lot of things to get him involved. So I like Sproles this week. Probably maybe top 15 more than top 10. I'll say he'd be start-worthy. Top 10 makes it bold, though, buddy. All right, then we'll stick with it. Don't pull in the rings. All right, for my NFL prediction, I'm going to go for my game prediction. San Fran shut out in week one. Zero. Goose egg. No points on the board. They are going to be awful. <clears throat> we don't get two. We just get one. That's a bold prediction. That's not the two-for-one special, buddy. Oh, nice. We get a whole other segment. Awesome. Is, is Shane going to dabble at one here? Um, All right, I'll go with one. Kaz going to like this <laughs> one. Thanks for bringing one to us, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, I was busy writing our predictions piece all day. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, top 10 quarterback this week. Oh, wow. You hear that, Ed? What? No. What? Jimmy G, top 10 quarterback this week. Who? Jimmy Garoppolo, top 10 quarterback this week. That's stupid. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. Um, I'll go with the old standby. Tyler Lockett gets a receiving touchdown and a kick return touchdown. <laughs> top 10 wide receiver this week. Find a nickel for every time that was a bold prediction. I'm going to beat it until it happens this year. I will not be wrong on that at one point this year. So, um, Tyler Lockett, mark it up. Get him in your lineup, Jeremy. All right. Are we ready for the, the world-renowned two-for-one Ed special? You guys ready to make some money? If so, write this down right now. Yeah, if you remember last year, I tried to always pick two upsets that I thought could win outright. Um... A lot, of, a lot of favorable lines, I think, for some dogs this week. Two teams, I think, that probably shouldn't be dogs this week that I think can win outright. Tampa Bay in Atlanta. I, I think Atlanta's going to be atrocious. Julio Jones is going to have to score a ton of touchdowns for them to be good, I think, this year. I still think their defense is awful. really like Jameis Winston and that offense. I think they're going to be pretty good. So they're getting three, at least what I have them at. So I think they could win that one outright. And the other one... Cause you touched on it earlier. We're on the same page with it. I think Cleveland, they're getting four against Philly, and I'm not sure why. I think RG3 has shown that he can get it done a little bit in the preseason. I think they have a lot of weapons, sneaky weapons for him on the outside. We'll see what happens. But I think Cleveland could definitely beat, beat Philadelphia. 
Yeah, I don't understand that line at all. Seems like a trap game. <clears throat> Are people going to be running out to spend some fab on RG3 after this week? Maybe. Bob G. It could be relevant again. Um, my last one, I'm going to go... Oh, we got one. Here we go. go. <laughs> we already passed that second scene. <laughs> Martellus Bennett. Top five tight end this week. Oh, my God. Dude, you might be the new homer on the podcast. Can we just get, like, a, a Shane Stein Patriots segment for the next show? Yeah, we'll, we'll try to mix that in. We, we were a little quick tonight, so I think we have some time to uh, see which Patriots Shane's going to get on his knees for um, each week. It'll be pretty obvious after the first four weeks who it's going to be, but... Uh, there's some interesting answers for the first four at least. <laughs> All right, and you know we already asked our Super Bowl predictions um, in real football, and Ed, you said asked me if it would be our league, so let's do uh, some Super Bowl predictions for our league. Considering I'm going to be sending out the playoff predictions later tonight, I will refrain from answering tonight on the pod. All right. Um, I'll take uh, power over the Desert Dogs. I think Jeremy gets it done this year. So. All right. Anything else to, uh, to mention on the podcast tonight before we sign off? I just almost threw up. Why? You know why. He's a good owner. He, he, um, set... I'm talking about your team being there. Why? Come on. Why can't I get there? <laughs> he has a significantly better team right now than he did at this point last year. Yeah, I'm feeling really good about this. <laughs> right now. I don't think you're getting the trades you got last year. Though. I don't need to get all of them. I just need two of them now. <laughs> You only need two instead of four. <laughs> oh, man. We'll see. We'll see who's in the panic button in week three again. <laughs> You're in the better division this year. I know. And I'm the best team in it, so let's make it happen. <laughs> Told you, I'm not shying away from a jinx anymore. I'm staring it straight in the face, and I'm taking home titles, baby. <laughs> alright that wraps up podcast as long as no one else has anything to say um, just looking forward to uh, not being able to watch any football on Sunday as we bring home a second straight fall baseball tournament <laughs> good thing there's two Monday night games that's all I have to say anything else? we good? no just good to be back good to have football back uh, excited to get the season started um Spears, I'm real. Or, uh, Storms, I'm really sorry about uh, my prediction. Your team is actually a lot better than I anticipated. I, I actually just looked at your roster for the first time during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, um, for Eddie Mitchum and Shane Stein, I'm your commissioner, the Denver Desert Dog, your reigning league champion. Signing off. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Good luck this weekend.